Coming to you live from the most powerful city in the world. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Sponsored by Anchor FM. Take it away, fellas. Good Wednesday evening. Welcome to the Redskins Perspective. Sponsored by the Sideline Junkies. We got the big man. BJ. What's going on, KG? What's happening, man? How you feel? I'm good, man. I'm good. Ready to talk some skins. All from the the, the big job today, so I'm, I'm feeling decent, man. Well, that's always a good thing, man, when you get a chance to take a little time off. I need the whole summer. <clears throat> you and me both. Now, that would be awesome. So... But um, hey man, you know what what kills me, man. You know how you know you're getting old, man. Uh, you know I have an iPhone, and for some reason I thought I turned it off, but the the screen brightness adjusts on its own. And, and I opened the phone just now; it was as bright as it could be, and it just stunned me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, and, and it was just like, how do I? You know, I'm I'm trying to panic. How do I get to the 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 screen to turn this down. That's how you know you're getting old. Well, so, I had my old moment for today, but but that ain't what we here to talk about, though. Well, that's not. We here to talk about the burgundy and gold. Yes, sir. Some interesting um, turn of events since we, you know, last we last been on uh, a week ago, and um, fired away, Kevin. Let's let's. Well, we got to order an events to talk about. Well, first off, we're going to talk about Trent Williams and the what I like to call not saga, but still whatever's being reported. Um, then we're going to talk about Cam Sims. And after we pay some bills, come back, Redskins nostalgia, 2000 Redskins, the year 2000 Redskins season. So... Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Hey, you, you missed last week. I did the '91 Redskins, and now you know that was a pretty season Super Bowl win. Oh yeah! But I, I said, you know what? I can't do all the good years. I got to do those lean years too. Oh yeah, you can't you can't talk about the good without the bad. The bad builds the good, right? So, but let's let's dive into the Trent Williams whole saga. Um. Was it was it a little over a week ago? Mm-hmm. Um, he came out. Came. I don't know if he did it or his his agent put it out that um, he was requesting a, a force on the trade and that he would never play for the team again. Um, and, and and it was what, what was being said was it was due to the mishandling of his medical situation that he had some type of growth um, and um, it was misdiagnosed. And I want to hear your your take on this before I dive into it. I want to hear because the next day something else came out. So let's let's just take day one and talk about you as a Redskins fan hearing that the backbone of the team was unhappy. Well, me being who I am, uh, a huge Trent Williams fan, and it's kind of funny, but. Here in D.C., we love offensive line play. I mean, growing up watching the Hogs, I, this guy could have been one of the Hogs because he's that durable. He's that damn good. Um, hearing something like this about the Silverback, it, it just 
it rocked me because that's not something that he himself would come out and say. I mean, he's a quiet guy. He's humble, but he does a lot in the community. But he's very quiet. That's not in his character to just come out and say, well, I don't want to ever play for this team again uh, because they misdiagnosed an issue. So I'm I'm reeling from it. And it was reported by Jason Lock and Four. And BJ, we're not gonna get into it here. You already know how I feel about Jason Lock and Four. No, 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 no. This this is the perfect platform to get your feelings out about Jason Lock and Four because it, you know what I'm saying? I, it, it, it's valid. What you feel is valid, you know, so fire away. Well, Mr. Lock and Four, I noticed that a lot of things that he says about the Redskins, uh, they are, and he used to cover the Redskins for the Washington Post, but it's a lot of things he says about the Redskins. It seems like it stirs up drama. Now, I remember his name was swirled around in um, talks of getting a job. I think it was as a the, the president of football operations. Some, there was some high-ranking job in the, in, in the team. He didn't get it. And Ever since then, it's like a lot of his stories seem to have a negative twist. Not saying all, but a, a, a quite a few. And then they come to find out they're not even true. And I'm like, okay, who's your source? And so what 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 made you think that the Trent Williams story isn't true? Because I'm I'm a I'm trying to ask you because a certain somebody said something that that may lean it. To to be on the true side, but what what do you think? What well, made you believe? Besides, no, besides you thinking Jason Lock and Four has has it out for the Redskins. N- number one, I I looked everywhere else. I mean, everybody was reporting it from him, from Jason Lock and Four. I didn't see it come from JP Finlay, who was another one that I forgot to shout out last week. So my apologies. I didn't see it come from John Kine. I didn't see it come from uh, Kareem Copeland. These are Redskins beat reporters who have a rapport with the team and the players. I didn't see it come from them. But, so, but just, but just because you have a rapport and, I mean, Lock and Four and Adam Schefter, some of these guys, they've been around for a long time. and Some people have contacts and can touch things that other people can't touch. But I didn't even see it from Adam Schefter. Now, anything, Adam Schefter could probably tell me the sky is purple and I'll believe him. Yeah, I, I didn't understand. see it either. I understand that. I understand that. So, and you told me this when this report came out, and I, I understood where you were coming from, but the the head coach himself, Jay Gruden, spoke on, on why Trent Williams was unhappy with the team, and he said it was a, related to a medical issue that he, you know, he felt like, you know, I don't know his exact words. I should have his exact words. Because we're doing a podcast, I had it up, and it, maybe it was the screen brightness, and I closed it. <laughs> <laughs> but he did touch on that. He did touch on that, and then we can't get anything from Bruce Allen. All Bruce Allen said is that he knows the truth. So it doesn't seem like Bruce Allen's worried. But your own head coach spoke on it and spoke towards Trent having a problem with the team because of the medical issue he had. So. Hearing Jay Gruden say that, what's your opinion now? Well, if that's the case, 
I still don't believe it <laughs> because it's not something I don't know. It just seems out of character for Trent Williams and his, his own best friend on the team. Adrian Peterson said he's never said anything like that to me. You can't believe everything you read. That's like me saying, you know, forget this. I'm leaving the sideline junkies because I'm not getting paid enough and this, that and the other. But me saying that, but you don't even know that I feel this way. And I tell you everything. And I, okay, I got it back up. I, let me, I'm, I'm going to get the exact quote from Jay Gruden. This was Wednesday. I think he, that came out Monday or Tuesday. Had to be Monday because something else came out the next day. I, actually, no, no, no. Let me just back up. I think where the frustration might lie in the timing of the diagnosis, maybe he wished the diagnosis had come a little sooner. That's from Jay Gruden himself. That's the exact quote. But he said, and, I think. But see, and, but see, this this was frustrating. And I heard Brand Weinstein talk about it. He was filling in for Doc on Doc's show. You don't know, like, we can see it from the outside a little bit that Jay Gruden, Doug Williams, Bruce Allen are not on the same page sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know they were saying on Doc's show today, if you pay attention to Doug Williams and what he says... Uh, I think it's to the effect of uh, I'm gonna just stay in my lane, and now they 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 notice that Jay Gruden is saying it now. That's the it's 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 frustrating to hear that. But that's the DC dysfunction, and it started. I mean, it's all dysfunction is always in DC. I mean, this is the the nation's capital, so you got it in government. You're gonna have it with your teams too. But it really, really started once Bruce Allen got into a pissing match with Scott McLuhan and got Scott McLuhan out of here, and he saw that he had the power to do that. He has kind of sort of put the, 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 the big hand on everything where he has all the control. And uh-huh. I don't – I mean, me personally, I don't like that. Now, Bruce Allen is a great numbers guy. He got us out of salary cap hell. Um, he He – his contracts that he gets out, we can get the most out of a player without spending uh, s ton of money. So I'm good with that. I, I like the background that Doug Williams had. Of course, you know, fan favorite, but he also has a coaching background as well as a scouting background. So, you know, you let him do his thing. But when it comes to personnel, I'd rather defer to Doug Williams and let Doug Williams handle the personnel. Let Bruce Allen handle the money. Because when it when it comes to picking personnel, it's been proven Bruce Allen cannot truly pick personnel. I understand what you're saying. And, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here because one person may, and, and y'all are killing well, I'm not going to say y'all because you don't do it all the time. But if, if that's the case, then Dan Snyder can make all the decisions. You can have one person you can't run a football office like that. You have to have voices of reason. Even if you're in charge, you have to have, like, if G, whoever, you know, the, let's just say is a GM and assistant GM, you have to have, just like Mike Mayock out in, in um, where's Mike Oakland. Mayock at? Oakland's, thank you. We, we know he knows how to scout, but you need that voice of reason in your head. But like, look, yes, he's sexy. 
he he could do this, he could do that for us, but that's not what the team needs right now. We need this. You know, yes, you know, this the these are the best players available, but our needs are here, you know, and that's where you start, you know, kind of develop a plan. Not one person can do all that. No, no, it's no. just I, I I get what you're saying. You know, you gotta have a staff. That's where Eric Schaefer, who's the senior vice president of football operations, Alex Santos, director of pro personnel, and Kyle Smith, director of college scouting, they all come together. Of course, you got to sit down with the coaches, and the coaches tell you, "Hey, I need a player that's gonna fit here." You go out and find them. But and that's but, but that's even more reason why Bruce and Doug has to work. Even if Doug, even if Bruce is making most of the decisions, let's say Bruce is eighty-five percent. You know, and Doug, you know, has some say so. You know, all Doug can do is bring, you know, let's say, let's just say Doug has somebody he wants to bring in. And and it's on Bruce Allen, if he is the numbers guy, to make, to see if it can work financially. Then you have to see if, it, if it's going to work. Because now you got to see if as somebody, and I don't know if this process goes on in Washington. I don't think it does. I just think that players appear on the, the team and Jay Gruden has to deal with them. Yeah. I, I don't. I really don't think he has a say in too much of personnel. I don't think he had a say in um, Haskins getting drafted. No, I, I really don't. If I'm not mistaken, they were high on Haskins. They didn't want to trade a half the team. Well, half the front office wanted to trade up to get him. The other half was like, let's stand here at 15 and see if he drops. And then they wanted to trade up and get uh, Jones from Duke. They wanted to trade up and get him, which would have been a poor decision. And and they end up and you got to give them credit. They end up having one of the best drafts in recent memory. Not even recent memory of the Redskins. They had one of the best drafts. Period of all thirty two yeah. teams. So you have to give them credit for that because it looks like they may have grabbed something in Mister Haskins Junior. You know, and then on top of that, you have Montez swept behind that. Mm-hmm. So you like I said, the ceiling is high on these guys. They could potentially be, you know, the cornerstones of the franchise. So it's just a wait and see game now. But, um, but with that being said, now you say Daniel Snyder can make all the. Look at how that works out for Jerry Jones. He makes all the decisions. Nah, I, don't kill Jerry. I wish we had. <laughs> I wish we had my man Gary on here to talk to the Cowboys. But don't kill Jerry. Don't kill Jerry. Jerry, you know, it is what it is down there. But when you look at Jerry. He has a team of people around. He might – look, he owns the Cowboys, okay? Because now I have to look at it from a podcaster's point of view, being fair, and I can't look at it as John Q. fan all the time, okay? If I own something, you you damn well better believe I want to be consulted when my money is spent. True. You know, I, I, I put – you know, I want I want to know if my my girlfriend is going to put eyelashes on my car. <laughs> this is something. You, this is something I would like to know. I would like to be consulted. I'm sure Dan Snyder wants to know if if they're going to be big, huge eyelashes on the twenty yard line. I, this is my money. This is mine. Okay, so I can't fault these guys for wanting to be in the decision. This is their team, their baby. They get to play the ultimate fantasy football, okay? Now, with Jerry Jones, if you look at Jerry Jones, 
whenever they show decisions being made, it's not just Jerry. He has a table full of people. And I'm sure everybody chimes in, you know, the offensive, defensive side. They tell you why they need this person or why we shouldn't get this person. Just, I don't know how it goes at Redskins Park. (laughs) (laughs) And you kind of see the same setup with a lot of teams. You have, like, you know, the draft room. You see the – it's just people are a little confused about what goes on with the Redskins. So we've got off topic a little bit. Let's go back to Trent Williams. Okay. Okay. The next day, it was reported because the first time it was reported that he wanted out, he didn't appreciate how his medical um, diagnosis was handled, and he would never play for the team again. The next day, it came out that that's not the case. He wants a new contract. So now, if you weren't scratching your head day one, you're definitely scratching your head now and looking looking side to side, like, what's going on? Now, is it, I, I don't know, but here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Whatever it was, he has, he has every right to feel however the way he wants to feel. If he feels like his health was misdiagnosed, then that's his, that's his, he's a grown man. We just seen somebody, top two basketball player in the world, that it's starting to come out now that it wasn't his calf that was injured initially. It was it was his Achilles. And, and that, I, I believe a certain podcast said just that. Yeah, hmm. and 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 it, it, it and it's, it's it's just rumblings about who wanted Kevin Durant to play, who pushed him to play. Now he could have pushed himself to play, and you know a lot of people are saying you know. Nobody really expected him to come back. Now he's going to be out probably a whole season. So you got to understand where these players are coming from with their health. Now, is that going to affect Kevin Durant free agency money? Absolutely not. This reminds me, remember when Grant Hill was torn free agency, he was hurt? Mm-hmm. This reminds me of that. Orlando Just, still gave him a of cash. Yes, he did. And, and that's not going to affect his bottom dollar at all. What it is going to affect is how players move in free agency because now it's not I can team up with Kevin Durant to do stuff. Now, going back to the Trent Williams side, we talked, we gloat on this show all the time about Trent Williams being a Hall of Famer, one of the best, you know, top left tackles in the league. Now, if you know for me, if you know you have this on your team, he should never fall out of the top three paid left tackles in the league. He, I, I believe he's number seven now. Yes, sir. Number seven. Uh, average. Uh, well, cash wise, he's number eight, but cap hit, he's number seven. Okay, but that's still kind of low. But and, and and that's my point. When you have certain players on your team, um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Philip Rivers, just to name the quarterbacks. Uh, if you go to the defensive side, Aaron Donald. If for whatever reason you sign, let's sign you say you sign Aaron Donald. Or let's let's use Trent Williams. Let's stay on the burgundy and gold. Let's just say Trent Williams signed. Whenever he signed his deal, made him the richest left tackle in football. Now you a lot of times you see players have something in their contract. If I fall out of the top five, you have to redo my contract. 
But here's the thing. If you know you have a potential Hall of Fame left tackle, he shouldn't have to come to you to get taken care of. True indeed. I agree wholeheartedly. Once he fell out of that top three left tackle, he should have been taken care of. And you know what that would do? That would set a precedent for the league, for the, not just the team. Like the Redskins take care of their players, right? But and now, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Think about this. Trent Williams signed a contract extension, a five year extension for sixty eight million, uh, three seasons ago. So it's almost time for him to get money. But he has a potential opt out this year. If he wanted to, he could have opted out and redid the contract. But now you still got two years, $24 million. You got, and I mean, he's not really far off of number one. I think he's about four or five million. And I'm saying four or five million, like it's a little dollar amount. But he's about four or five million off of the number one spot. Um, I, I, me personally, I have no problem paying him. He's, he deserves it. But I would have to tell him, look, we're trying to solidify your help. Okay, Morgan Moses got his money two years ago. It's time for Brandon Sheriff to get his money. And we got to sign Brandon Sheriff. He has to be locked up. You cannot let one of the best right guards in the game walk. He has to be locked up. But here's here, here's where I'm going to kick you right in your butt because remember you said Bruce Allen's a great numbers guy. Yeah. So so this is where Bruce got to come in and, and make that work because – Exactly. He got to make that work because you have to pay this man. You have to pay. You have to pay Sheriff. You have to pay Trent Williams. You have to find a way to do it. Unless you go ahead. I'm gonna ask you this now. Do you think it was a mistake to pay Morgan Moses? Morgan Moses is the number two highest paid tackle in the in the, in the league. Highest paid right tackle. He was uh, I think year before last. Was it wrong to pay him that much money? And you know Morgan Moses plays injured every week. He's got. The heart of a lion. He does. He does. But is his talent the same thing I asked with Josh Norman? Is his talent on the same level as his pay? Because you can't. This is the NFL. It's a bit. You can't separate one without the other. That's why people are so hard on Josh Norman because he's getting paid like he's a top top corner in the league, and he hasn't performed that way. It's about performance. You know, you can say what you want. You know, players can get mad. It's about performance at the end of the day. What have you done to earn what you're getting? So the question that you're asking is, is Morgan Morgan, Moses worth that? I, I can't say yes outright. I can't say yes outright. And this is something that, that I always say on this show. And we'll probably hear it on one of the big shows because they listen to us and steal our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is something I say on this show all the time. When you have, when you're dealing with a team and you have numbers you have to deal with, you have to be thinking three years ahead of time. You have to know what contracts are coming up. So, even if they paid Morgan Moses, you know what I mean. You have to know what are, what's around you. You have to be aware, even that that Trent Williams, somebody has to say, hey, yeah, Trent Williams is still on the contract. He has his opt-out, but he just fell in the bottom half of the top 10 tackles of the league. Do we want to take care of this? 
Now, a lot of players, you know, be like, hey, man, I signed a contract. I'm going to play out my contract. But right now, the dynamics of the NFL is changing. There's a, the salary cap's going up. People are getting a lot of guaranteed money. So I can understand people want, hey, I want my share. Now, Morgan Moses, his contract was a five-year $38.5 million contract, which made him the highest paid right tackle. He is now the 11th highest paid tackle. Just that right quick. Tackle. Just, Just that, that quick. quick. Just that quick. Now, is that is that the Redskins' fault? No, because no, the market they, changes. The market changed. But you said um, what years is trending his deal? Uh, it was a five-year deal. He is in going into year four. Okay, yeah, he got this year next year. Say he's inside uh, his extension, two thousand fifteen. So yeah, it's you know, but I would like to see the players instead, so they won't have to go through this. Especially somebody of Trent Williams' stature, going to the Hall of Fame, been the the, the backbone of that offensive line, the team, the leader, the face of the franchise. You know, pretty much. Team captain. And, and, you know, we know the offensive line play isn't sexy. It isn't the quarterback. It isn't Adrian Peterson. You're running 90 yards in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? But if you watch football, it's sexy, baby. Indeed it is. It's sexy watching Trent Williams bowl somebody on the ground and then you see AP running right past him, and that's the only way that run would have worked. Or Brandon Sheriff just pulling. Boy, I tell you, it's nothing sexier. They're watching an offense, a guard pulling in unison with the left tackle coming around. Oh my God. <laughs> and knocking the first, knocking the snot out of the first thing moving. It's it's a beautiful sight. Indeed it is. So yeah, he he has to get paid. I don't know how they just paid Landon Collins. Everybody got paid on the Redskins this year. And Trent, like, look, I've been here. You know, I've been here nine seasons. I've been here. I haven't. I, I, I haven't gotten in trouble. Well, he did twice. Well, I mean, but that was he was young, exactly. and he learned from those mistakes. He's been solid. Yeah, because he, he, he got in trouble in 2011 and 2016, four game suspension. So he's been suspended eight games. So, I think it. I, I don't think I know. Pay this man his money. Indeed. Keep pay this man happy. his money, and and you have to you just have to find ways to save on money elsewhere. Because I mean, you can't save on Brandon Sheriff because he's proven to be one of the best guards in the league now. So now you gonna you got one of the best left tackles, you got one of the best guards, and you got a right tackle that that plays in any condition. Yeah, you know you 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 can't you can't just you know. You have to take things like that into consideration. You can cut Morgan Moses' left arm off. He'll probably say, hey, just give me some tape. I just, I'm going to miss a play to tape this up, and I'll be right back. Tape? He hey. probably Before he put the tape on it, he probably have, like, some fire going so he can close the wound. Pretty much. And, and that's <laughs> – man, if that don't inspire you and make you feel good about your O-line play. Yeah. I don't yeah. – I mean, and a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't like Brandon Sheriff. A lot of people don't like Trent Williams. They think he's being greedy. No. Every time we get something good here, they walk away and they go somewhere else. And when they go somewhere else, they wind up winning 
awards individually and Super Bowls. We have to stop that. We're going to see what the truth is because this is going to play out. So we're going to see what the truth is because the Redskins, when he asked, when, when it was, you know, when he asked for the more money, the Redskins they said, oh, we were already working on that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you know yeah. what that means, right? Oh, yeah. He's going to get a nice deal. It's going to be, but it's going to be cap friendly. Yeah. So we're going to see what happens with that situation because whoever starts, they need that, they need that blind side taken care of. And you want so, the big fella happy. Yeah, you want the big fella happy. You want the big fella ready to knock somebody out. So, you know, but with that being said, let's stay on the offensive line for a hot second before we go to our next topic. It is being reported that Eric Flowers is getting killed in practice. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So, <laughs> you don't even I mean, know where to I, start. I, I don't know where to start because when he was signed, I said they shouldn't have signed him. But I tried to find normally, of course, you know, I agree with you because he's a horrible tackle. But I was like, maybe they'll move him inside. You put him in between Rouye and the silverback on that on the, I'm sorry, on the left side. And you that's what you did with Brandon Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff was drafted to be a tackle. He couldn't play tackle very well in the NFL. They moved him in the guard. Look what happened. I'm like, okay, if they move him in the guard, they teach him the technique, it can happen. But obviously not. I heard that uh Montez Sweat was was using him like a whipping boy. I just I just don't know, man. I, I for me, you know, it's I watched him with the Giants be a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 it's to a point where it was just just bad. Like, why is he still out there? Like, and this is where the business side of the football really angers me because a lot of players play because they're making a certain amount of money and they've been told, the coaches and the staff have been told, they got to play. It, and it's just obvious, like, this dude has to come out. This dude shouldn't be playing. People killing Eli Manning. He, I couldn't throw the ball either if it was an immediate blitz. I take, I'm on a three step drop. On the second step, I'm looking to my right, and it's already a different color jersey in front of me. How how are you playing football like that? But it's a red skin problem now. I don't think he's gonna make it through training camp. No, he will not make uh, the 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 53 man roster. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. He he's just a warm body right now. So, but uh, what's next up on the docket, there, KG? Well, we might as well keep it going. All gas, no brakes. Um, quick question: Cam Sims. He's been another. That's another report from camp from mini camp. How he has emerged and and become a threat. Can he be the number one guy with this season coming up? I think. I think that the number one position is wide open with the Redskins because there's it's nobody from last year that stood out and, you know, just like, wow. We, you know, we already got our number one receiver for this year. So, mm-hmm. because I think personally, I think Josh Doxson, I think if he doesn't do anything this year, I think you're going to see him on another team. Yeah, because they didn't pick up his option, remember? 
So I uh, yeah, it's it's you know, it's the it's frustrating to see that because he has a talent mm-hmm. and you can see flashes, but it's not consistent. And the NFL is all about consistency. Yes. Oh, so, what is the NFL stand for? Not for long. Exactly. So, but absolutely, man. Absolutely, because everything from camp you're hearing is that he's lighting it up. He's tearing it up. And I, I'll say this. He was undrafted last year. He was a rookie last year. He got injured first game of the season. But six foot five, 214 pounds. The kids got hands like glue. Now, imagine this is what Josh Dotson is supposed to be. Because Josh Dotson's six two. He's big. He's 202 pounds, but he can get up. But he just can't catch. <laughs> he can't catch. <laughs> oh, I don't know if man. it's performance anxiety, but I would have him catching a thousand balls on the jug machine. Not as punishment, but it's getting him ready. I'm talking about different speeds, mm-hmm. different angles, everything. You're going to be catching off this jugs machine all camp. Yeah, but see, that's and, and that's why you know, a lot of people, and, and, and including myself, kind of been turned off by Antonio Brown's act, antics over, you know, this whole offseason. But his work ethic is second to none. Because I'll never forget the report I heard earlier this year about how the Cleveland Browns was using the jug machine as punishment for their receivers. And Antonio Brown was catching triple those passes from the jug just for practice. Mm-hmm. So that that just it just tells you a lot of people are just not on the same level when it comes to work ethic. You have to want to be better. You just can't a lot of people are just coming, going through the motions and practice, going home. Exactly. If you want to be the best, you can't do that. You have to be Kobe Bryant's coming in before everybody else, leaving after everybody else. You know, Michael Jordan, you have to be those guys. You know, you have to be, you know, whoever else you want to think of that was great. They put in the time to be great. You know, it's very few people that can come out, just just got God-given ability that can just come out and whip it on the highest level. I think Randy Moss is one of those people. Mm-hmm. But he just, still worked on his craft. He worked on it, but I think he could, like, you know, he just can come out and, and make it work. You know, I think Brett Favre is one of those people. He can just come out and sling it. It's, it's mm-hmm. backyard football to him. You know, oh, he just got to get, you know, he need a quarter to get his legs together, you know, <laughs> one of them type things. But now, I, you know, if you and I were in, you, any one of the sideline junkers in that position, we could say that because we're not right now. But if given the opportunity, they want you to play receiver. I'm, I know I would, you would, Junie, Don, Jim, Delonte. We all be after practice, hand, you know, working on them hands, catching you doing one hand to right, one hand to left, both hands over the shoulder. This, that, it's gonna be everything. Then you're gonna go home, and you're probably gonna watch four hours of tape, a different defense that you know you're gonna face during the season. You have to, eh? but the thing is, you don't even have to go home and watch it now. They have it on the iPads. Yeah, they have it on the tablet, so you can be watching it. In the ice bath in the back. You can watch it anywhere you want. You know, it's, it's, it's so much easier now, and they have so much access to that type of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, and as a fan, to be able to watch the all-22s, 
I, I, I think that right there is if you've never watched all 22 films, where it's from every position of game film, from every camera angle possible, you are missing a gem because that, that's some in-depth stuff. And you're going to understand the game of football. You're going to understand defenses, offenses way better. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something. If you haven't, you know, watched that, I definitely suggest it. I, I mean, we don't sit around and talk. We can sit down and watch a, a football game, and we'll see it in real time. We'll see the hole in the, in, in the defense. We, it's a hole right there in the zone. Drop yep. it right there. Yep. We trained out to see it because when we were at the game, we sat there and we we could see what they were running. A lot of times, we calling out the play before they run it because we know what we're looking at. You can see who's getting who, what matchups are developing for in favor of one player versus the other player. Like, oh, such and such can't handle, you know, that defensive tackle or, you know, that that cornerback, if he can't stay with that receiver, you can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see those things or you can see, you know, if the pass rush, the front seven is just overwhelming for whatever team they're playing. You know, it's just – it's a joy to watch, a joy to, you know, when you start picking apart stuff like that and noticing things, it's, it's you know, just really good, really nice. I. It's an experience like no other. I will say that. It is. It absolutely is. What we got next on the Burgundy and Gold Docket? Well, real quick, we're going to jump back and do a little Redskins nostalgia. We're going to jump back to the year 2000. Mm. Redskins, final season coached by uh, North Turner, who was fired (laughs) after week 14. And Terry Rabisky took over. Now, this Mm. is a special season for myself. And I think it's a special season for you too, BJ, because this the final game of the season, which was uh, let me get my dates right, December twenty fourth, two thousand, where they played the Arizona Cardinals. Sound familiar? At FedEx Field, very first football game ever, very first live football game ever. Indeed. Uh, of course, you know I I I had to get a Daryl Green jersey. I wish I still I do I still, I don't think I still got it. But what you had a Champ Bailey jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And that stadium was empty, but they were loud. Let me let me let me give y'all a personal, a little in-depth personal, you know, sideline junkie on BJ and KG. And it, you know, I don't mind talking about it. It's it's definitely hurts, but it, it you know, it, it it is what it is. You know, we both grew up without our fathers in our lives. You know, for the most part, mine is completely absent. So to both of us go to our very first football game together, it was special. It was special. You know, it was just it was a lot of raw emotion. And we weren't we weren't hugging on each other, crying and and all that. You know, it was just (laughs) it was just moments of silence where we were just taking it in. And, you know, just looking around, watching the band playing. Watching the band, what it weren't they marching through the concourse? Yep. Watching the band march through the concourse, playing. It was just special. It was, it was, it was something that, you know, when you, when you're growing up, that your father was supposed to do with you, that never got done. So for us to be there and just see all that, see our first game, game meant nothing. The game meant nothing. The Cardinals quarterback was Jake Plummer. 
Jake the Snake, you know, yeah. and we was up top, cold, and I enjoy every minute of it. Every minute, every single minute, the the high price concessions, everything. That was my first time, your first time in. What was it? What was it called? Was it FedEx Field yet? It was FedEx Field. Okay, it was FedEx Field. Okay, okay. Just making sure. This the what uh, the. First season, second season, I think it became FedEx Field in '99. Was it? Still or was that the first season? Was it still Raul John? Yeah, it was still Raul John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, that was it was it was pretty it was a pretty special moment, you know. That it's just one of the memories that's etched, and you could probably you could, all you got to do is close your eyes and you can sit back and replay it. But one thing I cannot imagine, I don't ever remember being cold that day. No, nah, I don't either. I don't. And, I, I know it was cold. Because when we came, anybody that's been to FedEx, when you go up top, mm-hmm. it gets cold up there. But we were like uh, Eddie Murphy and our Senator Hall at this, uh, this uh, <laughs> the game. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> oh man! So it, it was just the the excitement. It was warming us up. It was it was just a it was a hell of a day, man. Now. This is the Fortune 500 Redskins. This is one they went out and spent money on. Uh, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, who only played here one season, and Mark Curry, who only played here one season. Um, didn't, they have, didn't they have Jeremiah Trotter that year? No. Was that year? That, that wasn't that year? No, that was uh, a year or two. No, two years later. Okay. That was okay. up to Spurrier. I just know they had they, – they went and spent some money, and it just yeah. – and nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing uh, happened. Brad Johnson, Todd Husack, and Jeff George were your quarterbacks. You had a, a a future winner in Brad Johnson. They let him walk away, go to Tampa Bay. He wins the Super Bowl down there. How about that? Now my, my, I remember my man Al Michaels looked to uh, commentating the game, and Jeff George. He like he throws a pretty interception. <laughs> Monday Night Football, thirty-eight nothing loss Boy. to uh, Green Bay. That's when you go, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, it was it was a pretty interception though. It, it was, was beautiful. beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I I remember that so vividly. That whole season, like I said, you know, you can't really forget that because you know, like I said, we went to our first game at the end of the season. So, uh, Stephen Davis, your lead in Russia, <laughs> Larry Sinners, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Best pass catching fullback of all time had 81 receptions and 600 yards, and he mm. led the team. Mm. Uh, other stars in this offense were Irving Fryer, who was well, he was in the twilight of his career, but still productive. Your man Andre Reed, uh, Stephen Alexander. Uh, you had Trey Johnson, who was one of the best pulling guards that I've ever seen, but could James not stay healthy. Chris. Chris Samuels. Yeah. And you had John Jansen. And you had two bookings but couldn't put a daggone line together. Uh, Michael Westbrook only played two games that season. Then you go look at the defense. You had Marco Coleman, Bruce Smith, Dana Stubblefield, and Dan Wilkinson. Kennard Lang, NDK, and, and Duke Way Kalu. Um, LeVar Arrington was a rookie. Sean Barber, Greg Jones, Kevin Mitchell, Dirk Smith, who went on to play with uh, San Francisco and have a lights out, pretty much decent career. Of course, you had Champ Bailey. You know what he did, Hall of Famer. Uh, mm-hmm. 
the ageless wonder Daryl Green, who probably could still play today. I wonder. I bet he could beat uh, 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 Josh Norman in a foot race right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. The aforementioned probably in a suit. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. The aforementioned Deion Sanders, who came in with his burgundy and gold pinstripe suit, and then pretty much at the end of the season left it in the corner and was like, I'm retiring, pay me my money, only to come back four years later with Baltimore, but okay. Uh, Sam Shade, who was pretty good out of that, out of Alabama. Um, but this season wasn't much to really write home about. It was yeah, bad. I think, yeah, I think, you know, since Dan Snyder had taken over that team, he wanted his own. He inherited North Turner. Mm-hmm. And I think from day one, he wanted to put, you know, a big name in there. And it, it was just – he was waiting for his moment to get rid of him. And, and, and you know, to North Turner's credit, you – I don't – I'll never know what it's like to coach an NFL team with that type of pressure on you, knowing the owner really doesn't care for you. Like, you know, I mean, to co- because really you can mail it in. It's just like, well, you still got to pay me. Right. You know, uh, but, you know, it, you, that's when you your professionalism comes into play. And, like, you know, I got a job to do, even though I'm under immense pressure and, you know, I'm getting, you know, my name thrown around and trashed. You know, I'm going to just do what I came to do. But so, I, I will say this. If they opened up the pocketbook the way they did, I mean, offensively, the way they did for every other coach, Spurrier got whoever he wanted, uh, Marty got whoever he wanted. But if they would have opened up the pocketbook for Noah that way, where he could put the pieces together, because they were very tight during that time. They were tight under Cook. They were tight in the early years under um, Snyder on offense. They would have opened it up. I think he could have put something together, because this team, 99, they were – a playoff team, and pretty much, if it wasn't for that missed field goal against uh, the Buccaneers, they would have been in the NFC Championship game. And if the Rams struggled like they did against the Buccaneers, the Redskins' offense was enough to put up points and get on the lead. They probably, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking in retrospect, and it may sound crazy, but just, just, just pull my coat and follow me. You know, in the NFC Championship game in 99, the Rams struggled to score against the Buccaneers. Now, if they struggled. But that was against the Buccaneers. Exactly. But they they were struggling because they just couldn't get it done. They were nervous. But now, if that would have happened the same way where they were nervous and they couldn't get it done, or they were too overconfident and they just couldn't get it done, then all of a sudden, the Redskins go up 21 nothing, and they're able to hold the lead. We're talking about the Redskins going against the Titans and Steve McNair getting the Super Bowl ring. Well, you're, 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 you got one of the Michael Jackson coats on. <laughs> Where the bottom of the coat is right at the middle of your back. So it's hard to grab onto that. <laughs> it's, it's real hard to grab. You got one of them Billy Jean joints on. And you're, you're asking us to grab the coat on, but you keep spinning, talking about, <laughs> <laughs> you have to stop spinning. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, it's we could do that for shows and shows. What ifs? Yeah. What if? What if this? You know, if this block was made and they got this first down. The clock would have kept going, and the other team wouldn't have had enough time. You know, you could do that for days. But 
it is what it is. Indeed. The 2000 Redskins did what they did, and we are here now in 2019, and we're trying to figure out if the Redskins can muscle up enough to we got to figure out who's going to play, who's going to start a quarterback, and that's going to materialize as we get closer to out of uh, OTAs into to minicamp into preseason. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the more and more I see number seven, I I, I, I think you may have your week one starter. Yeah, but now I, I will say this. It, 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 I feel a level of confidence with him, and I feel a level of confidence with this team. That's why I'm not really trying to hold too much stock in the whole Trent Williams thing. I feel a level of confidence with this team that it feels pretty damn good to be a Redskins fan because finally it seemed like it's a little light behind the clouds and it's starting to thin out and the sunlight starting to shine through again. Well, you know, I'm going to be play devil's advocate and I'm going I'm to throw some salt on the wound real quick. When Alex Smith went down like that, now, when you say, you know, this is the best part of this team, the defense, this, that, and the other. And when you say this, you can't go out and prove otherwise. Because when Alex Smith went down last year, that defense got battered. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of it, like I said, a lot of all the time I say, it, it's very hard on the defense when the offense can't move the ball. And you got to keep coming out after three and out, after three and out. You know, you're going to break eventually. But it's another thing just to be gassed. So besides Montez Sweat, they're bringing in Landon Collins. Pretty much have the same unit. They got gassed last year. You know, Jimmy Moreland been, you know, showing off in in camp. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I need – I don't feel good about this unit until they come out and show me that this unit has changed because, you know, we talked about a need at middle linebacker, especially with Ruben Foster going down. And, 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 you know, like I said a couple of shows ago, people act like Ruben Foster was Ray Lewis. Right. This man has, this man hasn't done anything. Exactly. We're waiting to see what he could do. Yes. He has, he has a high ceiling. He has potential. So we're waiting to see what he could do. So now it still has to be put together. Mm-hmm. You know, all you did was put the pot on the stove. The water isn't even in the pot. Now, you know what? I'll give you the water. It's not boiling yet, though. And you haven't cut up any of the ingredients yet. I need to see this unit together. I need to see if this front seven can help this this the, the, the cornerback core. And Josh Norman, because we've been on Josh Norman hard. You're right. So if you got Kerrigan coming off one end and Sweat coming off the other end, is that going to help? Are they going to get gashed in the run? I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'm guessing they were towards the bottom of half of the league when it comes to run run against them per game, per game uh, running average. Right. Rushing yards per game. So you have to improve on that. But when you talk about the front seven, you know, I got to say, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis. And then you still got Tim Settle and Caleb Brantley. You got guys coming. It's going to be a nice platoon, but as a whole, that front seven alone gives me 
Promise. But, but what's the, the first three names you go reel off the first three names you just said? Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, and Deron Payne. They were the same people out there when they were getting gas last year. But wait, hold on. They 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 handled days, and it wasn't a lot of. I mean, they shut down Ezekiel Elliott. But this is early in the season. But I get what you're saying. They they did, they did. That it's time. It's, it's you got you got to show me right because I watched. I watched this unit get gas last year. Oh, so you got a pass rusher. You gotta you gotta figure out, you know, I know Rob um Rob Ryan is in there. Yeah, a linebacker's so, coach. Yeah, so we you know, we'll figure it out. He probably be he probably move up to defensive coordinator. Well uh Minuski, you think Minuski's gonna be out? Nah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I'm just I'm just saying because that unit wasn't really great last year. No, and I'm surprised he came back. I am too. So I'm just saying, you know. But I think we we've we've chewed up enough airways for today. We we've been going strong burgundy and gold the whole time. Hopefully, um hopefully, you know, y'all like what we're talking about and you know, agree to disagree. Indeed. And of course, join anchor, send us a voice message. Let us know what you feel. I, on, on this show, any show that we do, we always open to constructive criticism, criticism period. You don't like something, hey, you want to argue about it, I'm more than willing to do it. I know BJ is. So Absolutely. And you know what? If we have room in the anchor profile, we'll put our um Twitter addresses there too. So you know, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can also hit us there. We love to talk sports. We you know, we reply. We we we're not one of those big podcasts. Well, we're not big, but we're not one of those. You know, we get big heads and we don't, you know, uh, mingle. So we right. definitely mingle. You want to talk some 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 stuff, or you want to go on us with you know something we said about any like like KG said any show. Just hit us up, man. It's it's fair game. It's it's open season. So, but hopefully none of the shows, none of the big shows, still our material. <laughs> and I got I got to. I got a text KG with a video, but listen to this. Doesn't this sound familiar? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, big companies are always stealing. Ask Don and what WWE steals twenty four seven belt. That's all I got to say. He said that first on a Saturday night WrestleManiacs, and what happens? A couple months later, WWE has a twenty four seven belt. I uh, man, just just a, just a coincidence because I'm sure somebody at the WWE headquarters. Was thinking of a 24-7 belt, you know, but uh, we, you know, uh, either way, cut show. the check, cut the check. Yeah, cut, Hopefully, it's in the cut, mail. Cut the check, you know. But hey, that's it for us today. We hope y'all enjoyed Redskins perspective by the sideline junkies, and the sideline junkies are brought to you by Anchor FM. You know, hey, we got. Plenty of uh, plenty of stuff for you to listen to. Plenty of previous podcasts. Go check us out. And that's it for us today. Join us next week. We have another Redskins perspective. We go over the hot topics and what's going on. And until then, we'll see y'all later. Peace out. Peace. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, 
You can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.